All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk. I'm Rick Solom filling in with uh, filling in for Mike Hayes, Jeff Boying, meteorologist at the National Weather Service up on the the bluff at, in Lacrosse. Jeff's been doing this for 21 years. I wanted to bring Jeff. Jeff, I want to do two things with you now, because I, I got to do the the weather for the next three hours every 10 minutes. So it's and I I kind of make fun of the fact that I have to do this every three hours because we could always just go to the internet and look at the weather. But so Jeff, right away. I want you to just, can you just give, I'm going to make you do the work for me. And then so, you said someone else is in there tomorrow morning. Hopefully they'll do the work for me tomorrow. Can you just give me maybe like a one minute weather forecast uh, for the lacrosse area? Yeah, for this morning, it looks like the showers and storms should be moving south of the area this morning. Then we expect some redevelopment as we get into the afternoon, looking at some storms developing probably in the late afternoon starting to move towards the lacrosse area, probably not moving in until probably the evening hours, and then continuing into tomorrow night, or into the night, I should say. Looks like highs today, probably getting up into the upper 80s, 88's the high for the day. Tonight's staying rather warm with low temperatures around 70. Continued looks like we'll probably see some showers and storms tomorrow with high temperatures in the upper 80s. All right. Are we going to have like a hot week the rest of the week then? That's the rumor I was hearing. Temperatures should be up close to in the upper 80s to maybe some lower 90s right on through Wednesday. Heat indices the next book for today and tomorrow, we're looking at heat indices probably in the 90s. And then as we head towards the latter parts of the week, temperatures will actually cool down a little bit with highs primarily in the lower to mid 80s for that time period. It looks like we'll probably see off and on showers and storms through the week. It won't be wet all the time. There will be dry hours, but it's too hard to pinpoint exactly when those Showers and storms will occur. So what you're saying is we won't be driving through foot of water down Copeland anytime soon? I wouldn't say that. There's chances of some heavy rain here and there next, uh, probably off and on throughout the entire week here. So, I mean, there's a possibility there that you could see these heavy showers and storms move over a particular area. And that's something we've been seeing. Uh, good job. That I'll steal that for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the day. I'm doing the show, but that's something we've been seeing. And I talked about it the last time I was on here, and the, that we've been seeing kind of lately. Is it because we just get so much rain at once, or is our infrastructure just not? You know, I talked to the mayor about this a little bit, and he said they're trying to update the infrastructure a little bit so we don't get flooding all the time. But it just seems like. Every time it rains, somebody's somebody's car, you know, they're they're up to their grill in, in water going down the street. Yeah, most infrastructures were, for many cities around, not only just La Crosse, but elsewhere, were built uh, based on what the rainfalls was back in the 1950s or so. And during that time, it was fairly dry. I mean, what didn't see the, the rains that we see today. So as a result, um, now that we're seeing the heavier rains, uh, part of that's due to climate change, uh, we are seeing um, more and more heavy rainfalls across the region, especially in the last decade or so. We increased our our averages by about two inches for an entire calendar year, which is amazing, really, in a decade, because you figure that would have to amount to like an average um, over a 30-year period of six inches more of additional precipitation falling during that time period to just raise your normals by that amount. How odd is it that we have that and then on the flip side, if you just go over the river in Minnesota, we have like severe drought too on the the flip side of everything. Oh, definitely. Um, As you get towards um, more towards the Austin area and stuff like that, and even parts of northeast Iowa, that's where you're sending to see the severe drought. 
Further to the north, up in the the boundary waters, up in Minnesota, there actually is an exceptional drought up there, which um, last week was the first time they've ever had an exceptional drought um, issued for the state since the drought monitor started back in the late 90s. Yeah, and I think uh, we're we're seeing the effects of that a little bit with the the forest fires going on up there. Speaking of the boundary waters, I'll have somebody on tomorrow night on Wisdom uh, to talk about the boundary waters in in terms of maybe the fire a little bit, but also mining that's going to happen. Uh, Jeff Boing from the National Weather Service up there in La Crosse. Jeff, how how what's the scope of the National Weather Service out of La Crosse up there? The big ball and uh, like how how far do you guys cover and where's the next big white ball? Do you, do you is there one just like up in Eau Claire? Is it further away or is it, or is this unique to La Crosse? Um, there's several in the area. Um, Chanhassen is. Um also has one up in the Twin Cities. There's one over in Green Bay, another one over in Mo- actually Sullivan, in, which is in between uh, Madison and Milwaukee, another one down in Davenport, Iowa, and the other one's down Des Moines, Iowa. So we've got six surrounding sites around us. Do you guys work pretty do – you, do you guys talk to each other quite a bit, or are you kind of on your own? No, actually we're in coordination throughout the day. Uh, talking about the forecast, what we're seeing, the models, and what storms are moving from uh, one area into the, another. So we're already discussing, like, severe weather was coming in from the western areas, either from Chanhassen or Des Moines area. We'd be chatting about those storms as they moved into our, our area. What were they seeing? And um, then we monitor them as they pass through our area, and then we pass that information on to Green Bay and Milwaukee, let them know what we've been seeing. Now, Jeff, when you go home for the day and you turn on maybe the local news, do you laugh at the meteorology? You're like, oh, you got this so wrong, buddy. You're laughing at the, the local weather news because you guys just know a little bit better? <laughs> no, not actually. We're all a team here, basically. Um, we do our forecasting, and we pass our information on to the media, and they do a good job as far as um, doing their forecasting, too. So they, we all learn from each other. So you don't want to throw them under the bus. Fine, that's fine. Um, checking out your Facebook page, how many how many people there are posting? Because you guys are always there's always pretty interesting con- content on the U.S. National Weather Service Lacrosse Wisconsin Facebook page. Pretty much all the meteorologists are actually um, putting forecast or actually any tidbits on our social media sites, uh, both Facebook and Twitter. So we're putting those up quite frequently. Yeah, you almost have to be a social media guru to, to get some of this stuff up. Uh, you said you put this one up. I thought this was interesting from two days ago, uh, right around this time, five in the morning. So you were working early here, Jeff. Uh, just a, a huge tornadoes. I don't think I remember this, but back in 1883, uh, huge tornadoes that you said uh, led to some pretty significant changes in the Rochester area. Yeah, the tornadoes that would be the Rochester tornado in 1883. Um, that tornado was Grizzulius, which is an author that did a lot of studies around uh, past tornadoes prior to 1950. Sort of looked at a lot of the newspaper accounts, everything else. He actually ranked it as an, as an F5 tornado, which is your strongest tornado there. That tornado uh, devastated the north side of Rochester, and as a result, um, there was a lot of injuries and even deaths there. There was no hospital at that time in Rochester they were just the city was only about 20 years old at that time yeah you said uh 40 fatalities and 200 injuries from these three tornadoes essentially exactly there was uh two EF I should say two F3 tornadoes and one F5 
because of the injuries, there were several doctors in town, including the Mayo brothers, and also the father was there too. And they were treating a lot of the injured uh, at the time there. Uh, at the time, basically, they thought the city was too small to really handle a big hospital. But um, one of the sisters there, um, they actually ended up raising the funds for a hospital. It's called St. Mary's at the time. And then eventually, uh, since everybody knew it as May, referred to the Mayo brothers, there it became Mayo. Okay, that's so. The start of Mayo is because of what is what you guys measure as the largest tornado on like possible. Yeah, exactly. So out of that, basically that um, tornado, all those casualties and everything else, something good did come out of that. Yeah, it's always it's funny how that works. All right, Jeff, I I really appreciate you taking time out for us this morning, and uh, have a good rest of your day, man. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thanks for calling. We'll see you. Bye.